Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Happy Libations Friday, loosey-goosey edition of the program. I'm Jeff, that's Tom, there's Director Matthew, and you're you and you're listening to us and that's good. Let's have a good time today, shall we? On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show, Super Bowl time, and we will have Lee Sterling in hour number two. We'll have my mom's pick in hour number two as well. And yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess I'll take a cursory glance at the at the basketball that is to be played. Not long, not diving in deep, not looking forward to a uh, little Florida State, North Carolina. Woo! Can they not play that game? It's at the Dean Smith Center as the uh, It's also known 2 o'clock, 2 o'clock on a Saturday, sort of sleepy, but not sleepy enough. I wanted this game either to tip at 10 p.m. on Nickelodeon or 9 a.m. on, like, MTV Classic. Just somewhere, nobody needs to see this game played. Florida State's going to lose by 100. Leonard's going to cut your brakes, man. What do you want me to do? They suck! There's no getting around that. What do you want me to do? He knows they suck. And they got more bad news. Uh, Polite's out. Probably for the year. Oh, okay. Well, just get in line, everybody. This is unreal what's happened with Florida State. I mean, some of it is is absolutely, um, uh, you know, unavoidable. There's nothing you can do about it. It's, it's you know, you can't be mad at anybody. You can shake your fist at the universe and get angry about the fact that, you know, you're missing at various points in the season, like three, four, five starters. I mean, Jesus, what are you supposed to do? It's dumb. There's no amount of rain X that would clear this uh, storm off the windshield. I mean, what, what are you going to do? nothing you can do. And, and I said it yesterday, Tom, and I don't know. You know, I, I think people, it's so easy to say from afar, and I, and I don't want to make excuses because they've, they've not done a good job this year. I think they've tried to press some buttons that didn't work out. And then it just uh, it's a perfect storm to some degree, losing what they lost, relying on some younger guys, then losing the heart and soul of the team. Like the You could lose a guy. I mean, you know, God forbid Wyatt Wilkes had to miss half the year, but no, players that are actually, that can play, are the ones that get hurt. So, and I'm not wishing injury on Wyatt Wilkes. There just, you go. I'm just saying, if it happened, whatever. But, damn it. Guys you need. Malik Osborne and others go down like that, and then you're just effed. And it's frustrating because then you have to force these other guys into roles that they're not ready for or capable of. And then I think more than anything, after once the precipitous drop-off occurred, I believe that you know, you begin to lose confidence, and you get guys that start pre- pressing, and then your mind's not right, man. And, and I know you should shake that and be a competitor and buck up and play, and we say that from afar, but when things fall off a cliff, we've seen it time and again. We all know what that is like when the vibe, for lack of a better term, around the team, let alone the skill or the lack thereof or the numbers begin to fall. It's just hard to remain as intensely focused as you need to to win in this league, even a, even a bad version of this league. It just it's hard, uh, and so I, I think it's all come together, and this is what we got. And the tough part is that even when times were really good, this is the only building where I feel like bad things just they they would always happen at the Dean Smith Center. Like you know, there, oh, there, oh, I was like, what? 
No, just up there at, yeah. at, in North Carolina, like not not as much as Cameron Indoor. We go to Cameron Indoor. We don't always win there. Hardly do. But no. I feel like you have you have a better fight on your hands. It just seems that bad things happen, even when we were at the peak of our powers. If we make this particular road trip, and now this couldn't have happened, you know, six weeks ago on the schedule, could have been in the midst of that. <laughs> like when we were in the middle of a win streak, six yeah. game winning streak has to be now. Of course it does. Of course it does. You know, I here's the. This is why I say, Tom, the game is going to be hideous, and this is why I don't want to watch it. It's not just a perfect storm of, hey, we've got personnel issues. We're in the midst of a losing streak. We just lost at home to Pitt. Jesus. It's not just that. It's that North Carolina is desperately fighting to make the tournament themselves, which in many ways, heads up, everybody, for as angry as you might be at Florida State, what's going on at North Carolina? Good Christ. They get better players than everybody in the country every year, and what we're struggling to get in? See what happens when players have to go to class? It's amazing. So, But back to the point here. We don't, you're correct, play well. There we're four and nineteen all time on the road. There four and nineteen, uh, and prior to the Dean Dome at the Carmichael Auditorium that I once talked to you about, you remember Carmichael? Yeah, I do, and it made me laugh. I remember. I just thought about it today when I was going through the preview, and I was like, "Oh my God, that's right, we brought this up before." So the Carmichael Auditorium, we were over, never to be seen again. We cannot win a game there. We're zero and three, and we'll be forevermore. So there it is. Anyhow, point is we're we're not good, and they're desperate. I was looking at Lenardi's thing today for what it's worth. He's got them as last four in. They're barely hanging on. North Carolina is. So we're undermanned, uh, especially at center, and they actually have one. It just occurred to me this week that he would be awesome to play the Penguin in a Batman movie. God, Lenardi. Oh, Joe Lenardi looks yeah. like the Penguin. <laughs> he does. I always thought the Penguin was the sorriest of the villains, by the way. It's ridiculous. Well, outside of the 60s show. Yeah. You know, yeah, where yeah, you have yeah. weird guys. Burgess Meredith. Like the Eggman. Oh, but no, no, just like weird villains oh, like the yeah. Eggman. And everything was an egg pun. <laughs> exactly, Batman. Oh, God. But yeah, that was Burgess Meredith. I thought so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Love me some Burgess Meredith. Love him. Uh, he makes grumpy old men. He takes it to another level. Oh, no, he's great. And everything he was ever in, he's great. Uh, but I don't know, man. I uh, I haven't said what I just said to start the show in a long time. Because I'm not easily discouraged when it comes to Florida State basketball, partly because they've done such a good job of bowing up and being tough mentally and physically. Part of their transformation as a program was certainly anchored in that kind of toughness that we all admired. Like we talked initially when they were beginning to rise, that one of the things that uh, was fun to follow and why you and I went to those games at the TLC Double C and why I constantly talked about them before they had even reached a level of consistency that we know them for these past five years was that they were eminently likable. They fought like hell. They got after you defensively. I mean, that's how they. Stamped themselves, right? The junkyard dog. I mean, that that whole thing. We thought, okay, listen, they're going to give you effort. They're committed. I mean, they're committed to Ham and the staff and the way of doing things. We never have to worry about guys getting in trouble or anything like that. Like, there was just a lot of things to like about those guys. And they played really hard. Even when they were outmatched, they played really hard. If you didn't bring it against Florida State, you were going to lose. So, 
I'm not you. So, so when they weren't good, but they were fighting and they were trying to, you know, for lack of a better term, to steal from the football team, when they were trying to climb, you were like, okay, well, I can go for this ride. All right, I'm with you. You're not great. We're going to lose to the better teams in this league, but you're fighting your ass off, and I admire that, and I love Ham, and okay. And then they got skilled, and they started to infuse skill, and you're like, okay, here we go. Now they've got that mentality. They're tough. They fight. They've created culture. They've got a, a burgeoning fan base that's buying in, and now they're bringing in skill. They here make we, baskets, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, they started making shots. You're like, here we, and they were playing fast. They were fun to watch, and you started going, okay, here we go, here we go. This is this is a throwback year to when none of that was happening, when it was a listless atmosphere, where you'd go to the game and it was sparsely attended, and you'd look around and you're like, God. Dog it, this is just not what we do. Can we get a program of note around here? And that's what Ham built. And so this feels like the the days of yore where you're just like wandering out in the desert. This is just nothing, there's no reason. And either because of injury or because of all of the other circumstances that I've talked about, this just feels like we're playing out the string and we're playing out the string poorly. It's like there's not 51 points against Pitt. I mean, that's I I forgive people if they say that's it that's all. I, I can't I can't endure anymore. If you so on a Wednesday night at nine o'clock you rolled your ass over to the TLC double C, hanging on to a thread. I mean I'm gonna try. I want to get. I want, they're gonna get a win. Let's go. Let's go over there and support this team. They they really had a tough go of it this year. Let's see what happens. And they lose that game. And they score fifty one points, twenty and a half. 20 like children i mean it's it's just i was like okay that's i i forgive all of our fans just do whatever go ride your bikes whatever you're gonna do i can't even this stupid thing i can't even i can't even do that that was a good character too it's dead already dead this, there it is that's all that and is just lifeless thuds yep i don't even think the beep beep wants us you guys take it on down the road have your losing season without me. <laughs> that's what, that's the, what people say. Not that's, you, no, not that's you. what the beep beep is saying. Oh, that's what the beep beep says. Okay. Yeah, beep, I don't, beep beep's like, I don't want you. Beep beep. Don't want you. You guys aren't good enough to make the beep beep. Do they even have that thing anymore? The CBI? The, whatever the uh, hell that COVID was. COVID might have killed it. Or lack of interest. I mean, <laughs> somebody was making money off I of it. I guess. I just mean, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. So there's your preview. There you go, everybody. Lucy Goosey Libations Friday, fun edition. Now that we got that out of the way, let's talk some football. And I got a funny story. You got to have a backbone. You got to have nerves of steel. You got to have a willingness to go through it, to, to endure, to know that for all those good weeks and great runs, there are going to be bitterly disappointing moments if you choose to engage in the sporting life the way that I do. And last night at 4 o'clock in the morning, I became aware. You stayed up till 4? No. Oh. I went to bed at 10-ish. What 10 sport were you watching? The Olympics? No. no. 10, 50, I was asleep by 10.30. But me being me, an insomniac, I woke up. Norm, now, hey, listen, 4? Four, 4? Four, so I'm okay. Thank you, sleep gods. You gave me till 4. Sometimes it's 3.15. Sometimes, I told you I have the game where I guess by the shade of the moon. And I will, How'd you uh, do? Oh, no, I missed this one completely because I, I, 
four is late. If I'm going to wake up and guess time, it's generally in the neighborhood between 314 and 324. Uh, pretty specific. Uh, if it's before 314, it's a dreadful peek out the drapes where I'm laying there and I'm like, oh, that's, we're not even, it's not late at all. It could be like I two. I just took this, a nap. Yeah, this is not good. This is like a two-hour respite and I'm wide awake. It's like 138. This is not good. But four confuses me as well because then I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. It's a, this is definitely not 320. This is a crapshoot. This could be 230 or 515. And that's where I'm hoping the latter, right? And so then I look, and it was like, it was four. But I became once again reminded of what a ride it is if you engage, if you decide that, uh, hey, you know what? Volume betting's the way to go. But occasionally, <laughs> it can hurt you. It can hurt you. And I had, a, I had a fun moment last night. I laughed. I chuckled. But I'll explain that in a second. Then we'll look at the Super Bowl. Plus, uh I've got some fun props for today. Lee Sterling, as I said before, going to join us later in the program. Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show brought to you by orange theory fitness two tallahassee locations midtown on thomasville road and north side in the village common shopping center online at orangetheoryfitness.com What the hell I was talking about. Lee Sterling joins us this hour. It'll be coming up here in a few minutes. Really quick, I don't want to, before I get to my little sidebar story here, it's much more important for me to note. Um, good guy and great player, and he's been on the Jeff Cameron show a couple times before. It's been a while. It's been a minute. I should reach out to him. But congratulations goes out to uh, Florida State's own uh, Leroy Butler, of course, the inventor of the Lambo Leap. And uh, that is always cool. And it's also uh, fun to note, uh, if you're a younger member of our audience, uh, you should go back and look at the highlight reel that was tweeted out by FSU Football and just really go on YouTube and find uh, the highlight reel for Leroy Butler. He was a great player, an All-American here at Florida State, had a uh, more than a decade-long career in the NFL uh, this is well-earned. He was a tremendous player, and his versatility uh, for, for a guy in the defensive backfield to be as physical as he was and to tackle the way that he did in the run game, even at the pro level, well, especially at the pro level, uh, he, uh, th- that guy was uh, sort of a do-it-all player uh, in the secondary at a time where not a lot of people wanted to come up and tackle. Not a lot of people did, and um, he's just... Uh, I mean, you can go back and look at some of the records at Florida State where he was so good. Uh, nine interceptions in his career at Florida State. Um, 
you know, he, he, he forced fumbles, he tackled, he covered. He had a 109-yard interception return, return uh, which is uh, a record in 1989 uh, against Syracuse, by the way, Tom. Um, he also had, uh, well, the punt Ruski's famous, as I mentioned before, uh, for a lot of reasons. But, I mean, you play in 181 NFL football games. You start 165 of them. Uh, that's doing some things. Yeah, that's where I remember him. I, yeah. I remember having to be educated that he, in fact, went to Florida State mm-hmm. as an FSU fan because of the NFC Central and the Buccaneers fandom that we both share. I just remember those Green Bay teams forever. You know, there were, it was the same cast of characters, whether it was uh, Leroy Butler in the NFL, uh, Gilbert Brown, Robert Brooks, Dorsey Levins, oh, good old Dorsey Bill Levin. Schrader, mm-hmm. yeah. of course, Brett Favre. But he was one of those players that was set it and forget it. He's always on that list when they announce the starters. Just a great player. A great player. I recently heard Mark Schlereth tell a story when... um, Good for you. You made it to the end of the story. It wasn't a bad story. It was actually a good one. He was talking about Leroy Butler. He was talking about when they were getting ready to play Denver in the Super Bowl. And he said that everything that Green Bay did defensively stemmed from the versatility of Leroy Butler, and he said, so when we were uh, watching film and putting together our offensive game plan and and thinking about how we were going to attack it via the run, uh, it had to do with the way that they played uh, the run with him, walking him up. And the blocking scheme, he said basically he would either bail or or he would crash, and he said, a lot of teams tried to get to the second level with him, and we didn't want to. We treated him like he was a linebacker, and he was saying the blocking scheme. He goes that week in practice, we looked at it and said he's not a safety, he's not a corner, he's a linebacker because he'll tackle, and he's really you know he's not afraid of running backs. So we're going to treat him like a linebacker, and we're going to count him that way, and we're going to protect that way, and we're going to. And so I just thought it was really cool because as he was telling that story, it took us inside of a, a team meeting before a Super Bowl, and he's highlighting a knoll for his greatness and his versatility. And I just thought, oh, that's cool to mention that in passing. And, uh, and that's so weird because that was I just heard that story 10 days ago, and then Butler is uh, announced into the Hall of Fame. He's Florida State's fifth uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame selection. Uh, you guys know the other ones, but just in case, real quick, Fred Bolitnikoff, who we mentioned yesterday on the show, actually, Deion Sanders, Derek Brooks, of course, who we also mentioned, and Walter Jones, who we also mentioned. So we're just having these conversations uh, yesterday, day before, whatever it was, and uh, now we're going to add another one to the list, which is always great. It's good. I like when overdue things get the uh, check mark, mm-hmm. and that was overdue. Maybe Mickey Andrews' statue will be someday soon. You can check that Name off the list. a street, something. Anything. Uh, yeah, a little Anything something, something. At all. Just like... Yeah, while he's here? Right. Yeah. Time is of the essence. Yeah, come on, let's go. Yeah. Mickey Andrews' way is waiting on us, like, right there. That, that's cool, Mickey Ye- Andrews' way. Yes, that's, I've always thought that's what you do right there. And then, you know, kind of like on the shoulder of that street, there's just all kinds of expletives and quotes from his days <laughs> on the practice field. And you're just like, wow, you can relive yeah. Mickey's coaching uh, mm. style. No shortage of former players who were on the wrong end of those insults who would gleefully tell you about them with a smile on their face and uh, regale you with the stories behind it as you gone ahead and made the plaques. Yeah, that would be that would be ideal. I wish we could do an uncensored podcast in which the defensive players that uh, felt the wrath of one Mickey Andrews over the years uh, could come on without fear 
of reprisal, right? And and without fear of besmirching or perhaps uh, painting a dark picture of who Mickey Andrews was, there was a time where that kind of coaching was commonplace, first of all. And it, it was most effective, and I had a coach like this and I loved him, uh, it was most effective and only effective, frankly, if the one who spewed the vitriol and the colorful descriptors about your game or what you did or did not do on a particular play was also somebody you knew loved you dearly. And if, if you had that, then you could take anything that they had to say. Boy, the only way that you could train for that podcast, to listen to that podcast, would be to go grab like the aristocrats. You know, yeah, the, the documentary I mean, on the joke, the aristocrats. Yeah, which is a great documentary. But I, I mean, you know, it was <laughs> their words. I mean, it used to be. I, I, I we wait had, a minute. <laughs> there's a rocket chair. I see it. <laughs> no, I see a lawn and I see a rocket chair. No, no, no. I'm not gonna get mad. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying it's it's funny because uh, no, listen. I mean, we we we've come a long way. There's some things that you shouldn't say, but I, the, a lot of the stuff that um, that he would say is more crude than insensitive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. More crude than insensitive. Crude with a capital C. Oh, without question. It'd be like they're standing there on the tee box with you and me, playing some golf. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I mean, think we, we would get uncomfortable if that's well, what was going on in the tee box. I don't know. I mean, you've heard some things. <laughs> so have like the neighbors and the people on the courses. Yeah, the people of our yeah, a certain course in North Tallahassee have heard. They're like, oh, he's out there again. There he is. All right, must have. Uh, he pulled that one. I think he pulled that one. A little frustration behind the, what was just said right there. That's always good. I think, actually, we're just going to plow right ahead here, and I was going to break, but we're not going to break. We're going to talk to Lee Sterling, and we're going to have some fun with these numbers, and we're going to get it on. Here we go. I believe we do. We have them there. Paramount Sports and Lee Sterling joins us on the Jeff Cameron Show. Hello, good sir. How are you, brother? I'm good. I'm good. Actually, I got COVID three weeks ago, so if my voice... Uh... Yeah, get it, like get it together, Lee. Stuff. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you got. Did you get it too? No, I'm messing with you. I was just saying, yeah. uh, you, you're going to preface us by telling us that your voice isn't as strong as it should be because you had COVID, and I was giving you a hard time. It's it's, it's crazy. So, I really had I, I, the only real effects that I had of it were the symptoms were the first night I had chills for 30 minutes and I had a fever in the middle of the night for two hours. Since then, like almost nothing. Except for my voice. Well, good. Yeah. Good. That's good that's, to hear. <laughs> that's a, I, you know what? It, 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 I, don't, I, I took one for the team. I went to the Miami-Florida State game mm. uh, almost three weeks ago, and that's where I got it. And uh, Well, you know, that had to be a special day for you, Lee. You got to go to the game and watch the loss while getting right. COVID. Oh, what a day. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my friend. So we have done this uh, – together on the Super Bowl and, of course, season after season. I think like 18 years, 20 years now. This is always fun. And we've watched an explosion of the kinds of prop bets you can make over the years. It used to be, you know, coin toss, the anthem length and stuff like that. I mean, there are like 150, 200 different bets you can make now. It's incredible. 680. Is that right? 680. And they're expecting, how about this? They're expecting seven point one, not million, billion dollars to bet on yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, I, so my daughter, my youngest, lives in New York City. She was telling me. So she went to a sports bar for lunch last Saturday, 
And she said, Dad, all these kids doing the sports bar, they got their phone. It's legal two weeks ago in New York City. You're damn right. If all they're doing is they're, they're betting games. Oh, she it's goes, a beautiful thing. She goes, I, I, she goes, I love sports, but she goes, my boyfriend, he doesn't take his, doesn't take his, his, his eyes <laughs> off the screen. Well, he he's got his priorities right while watching a game. I mean, <laughs> um, I do have to say this. I read a story in the Washington uh, Post recently that you know the Nationals Stadium, if they actually play baseball right. this year, they've got a permanent sports book in the stadium now. They and, also have it in their basketball arena. Yeah, it's a that's so, a, what a great what a great time to be yeah, lively. That mm. we needed to be legal. I mean, it yeah, was, of course, or, it was for a little bit with. But not legal, but uh, the Hard Rock was doing it. I had the app. I was kicking ass on the Hard Rock, yeah. and then, you know, politics, and now we're waiting. Yeah. It'll work out. It's going to happen. Uh, yeah. Florida doesn't want to lose out on the billions of dollars they could be making. So at some point, they'll get this rectified. They need to do it yeah. with the quickness. All right, so of the 680-plus prop bets that are out there for us to make, what do you like? Okay, so we always start off with my daughter's Super Bowl prediction on the uh, – the national anthem. She's won seven straight. Yep. And Lee, Lee, let me interrupt you because I want people to understand the backstory. They may be new okay. to the show. Lee's daughter is basically a professional singer. She is incredible, has sung the national anthem countless times at actual big games and arenas everywhere. And so she is an expert on this very subject about the length of the national anthem based on who's singing it and where it is and all that. She's, she's, so she's seven for the last seven. Let's right. get this year's prediction. Okay, so here's what she said. Are you familiar with Mickey Guyton? No. no. Okay. I had heard of her name. I couldn't pick her out of a lineup. She's a black country artist. Okay. Uh, Rare. And, uh, she actually was, was, she grew up in Arlington, Texas, a suburb of Dallas. Right. And here's her story. She grew up and became an artist, recording artist, because she watched Leanne Rhymes sing the national anthem at a Texas Rangers game when she was younger. And she has sang it twice, uh, and that you can find on any national anthem uh, anywhere, like on Google or, right, right, right. or YouTube. She did it in a minute and 24 and a minute and 27 seconds. But she did it on a quick track in both instances. And my daughter explained she was rushing through it. She was cutting phrases short to stay along with the music. Um, she thinks she can really hold these notes big time. She's well-trained. Uh, my daughter says amazing pipes, vocal control. Now, the history of the National Anthem with the Super Bowl, they have allowed it to really go on. In fact, the last nine years, uh, seven of the last nine have gone over two minutes. The other two went over the posted total on this one here at a minute and 35 seconds. So um, this is her passion. This is what inspires her. They're not going to rush it. And my daughter thinks she's going to nail it. Uh, I, I, she brought me in to watch both national anthems and a couple songs she sings. And I've only been to two country western concerts. If she came, I would go see her. She is that incredible. You're gonna, your jaw is gonna almost drop, or you will have goosebumps watching her. She's that good, in my opinion. Go over one thirty-five. Bet it right now because it's probably going to close at a minute forty, minute forty-five. I love it, buddy. I love it. By the way, if you want to know. Uh, the line that can be crossed when it comes to having too many bets and things where we've gone overboard, and this, you and I are both really pro-gambling, obviously. 
Right. In addition to Mickey Guyton's uh, length of the Star Spangled Banner and all that good stuff, uh, Bet Us has odds on whether or not she'll show cleavage during the performance. It's an well, actual bet you can make. That is a true thing. I could never, I could never do that. I can never well, of course not. I'm just yeah, saying it's yeah. actually out there, and I was yeah. looking at all these props, and I was like, really? Okay, yeah, that's a bit yeah. much for even me. What are we right. doing here? Yeah, okay, next. Right. And you got boys, too, right? Yeah, I got two boys, yeah. I, I got two girls. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they'll do everything. I don't bet like the, you know, the coin toss. I mean... They used to be minus 115 either way. I saw a couple places where we went minus 103, minus 104. So I respect that, but I'm still not going to do that. I'm not going to do the Gatorade. But here's some player props that I like. Joe Burrow over 10.5 rushing yards. Here's my thinking behind this one. In the last game, championship game, he had a third and eight and third nine. He ran for first down. Yes, he did. It was a huge play. Yeah, and he knows the moment. If you thought he, he's going to be on his high horse running, uh, after that game against Kansas City, think about about what he's possibly going to be having to do against the Rams' defensive front. So uh, I know what it's like to be chased by some big guys. Aaron <laughs> Donald, as tough as Joe Burrow is, and he played defense in high school, trust me, he's going to get out of there and run and go over 10.5 rushing yards. Matthew Stafford, 5.5 rushing yards were going under. Suckers play there. They're setting you up. Um, first offensive player run. Minus 140. We're taking the run because the Rams threw the first three plays, the championship game, and had to punt. I think they want to establish the run. And I think Cincinnati, were one, teams like to just, you know what, first time, let the, let the linemen pop the, the, the yeah. shoulder pads, gain three or four yards, get, get, get you know, into the game, and, and not throw an interception on the first play, especially with the Rams. And, and I think that uh, they want to make sure also that Joe Burrow – doesn't have to throw the ball 45, 50 times. Run on the first play. Also like Cincinnati's Trey Hendrickson, over a half a sack. He's their only real pass rusher of note, and Matthew Stafford's not real mobile. Uh, 14 sacks during the regular season, two and a half sacks in the playoffs. And then here's the best one, longest field goal, over 47 yards. Both these guys can absolutely nail field goals up to 60 yards. We know the conditions will be perfect here. Uh, let's take over 47 yards, longest field goal. I like it. So you've you've got a smattering of bets here. I don't know, in your private life, do you have some fun and do like 100 of these, or do you just do these no. 10, like 5 to 10? I, I, I sell 10, my top 10. I probably play 12 to 14. I had a friend one time, we go to Vegas, and he bets 37 props. <laughs> <laughs> he literally, Jeff, this is... It took him about 45 minutes after the game to figure it all out. I mean, and this is a bright guy. He was so confused. He had pieces of paper, pluses and minuses, because they were minus 135 mm-hmm. here, plus 110. He goes 20 and 17, and he's betting like, I don't know, like 150 to $300. Probably goes, I lost $630. I love it. I love it. I love too that many, you went with too a Too many wages. <laughs> My brother, enjoy the game. It's always fun yeah. to talk to you. Have yeah. fun, man. Yeah, if they want to check us out, check us out. ParamountSports.com. we got the selection on the game up and available, plus our top ten wagers. Right. UFC, uh, pay-per-view, Saturday night, seven uh, selections up and available, and also hockey and basketball. Check us out, ParamountSports.com. Hold on a second, Lee. My producer, I think, has a question. What is the funniest thing or weirdest thing that you've seen in a sports book? Because you've been in a lot of them. There was a guy one time, 
I saw him. He was the first guy I saw. I was going to place a wager at the old Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Stardust. And I'll never forget this. saw this guy sitting in the first seat, and I see him. And sure enough, the next two mornings, uh, he, uh, he was sitting in the same seat. Never moved the whole time. He, uh, and I asked him, I, I said, you know, everything okay? And he goes, yeah, I just lost my money in the first, like, two hours. So I'm stuck here for the weekend. He's just stuck in a damn seat? Holy moly. Sitting in a seat. Just sitting in a seat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no hotel room. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't run him out. Weekend. It was March Madness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, ParamountSports.com. Be good, brother. Okay, take care. Later, man. Uh, by the way, thank you, Marcus. Uh, Marcus was complimenting you for the Batman 1966 Eggman reference. That's right. Yeah, Egghead apparently was the name Life Spectator came in with a semi-correction. But yeah, there's some weird, weird villains back in the 60s with that Batman show. Uh, Yeah, Vincent Price's character, huh? That's interesting. What a cool actor to have. <laughs> Everybody wanted to be on that show in the day. It was huge. I loved it. I loved all the reruns when I was a kid. I'd watch all the reruns. I tell you that um, at my cousin's wedding, it was just south of Manhattan in Jersey, kind of like in Tony Soprano territory. Mm-hmm. That particular hotel that weekend was hosting the Comic-Con. Uh, but the people who were at it, not not the uh, the tourists, but the yeah. actual talent. And it was all the Adam West cast. This is probably 10, 15 years ago of the 1960s Batman. And my dad, my uncles, my grand great uncles and all the older ones, Catwoman was there. And they were all like, oh, my God, it's her. Because she was something else in the 60s. Yes. Uh, they got to talk to her. And they, they tell that story all the time. Did you know I got to talk to Catwoman? Well... You know, it would have been especially awesome if, by chance, uh, later on, they had both together because Holly Berry one year was Catwoman, was she not? Uh, she had her films? own standalone movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. No. There's a long line of Catwoman excellence. Yeah, there is. That's, that and was... the women could say the same for Batman, you know. Yeah, um, the Holly Berry one is the one. That's, the, that's what we're going with. That's the one. Although Michael Keaton is the least threatening Batman. Well, he seemed like a, kind he of a frumpy, you? friendly, yeah, you would just chit-chat with him, right? Yeah, he looks more like a kicker than he does a linebacker. Uh, agreed. I would have never uh, been overly worried about... Uh, even, well, George Clooney wasn't a good Batman no. either. There's, George Clooney's Batman accent was George Clooney's voice. Well, what's funny about that... Alfred, is, get the car. Yeah, he makes fun of himself all the time, too, about that. At least, that that's smart. Uh, Jeff Kemper Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. So, I'll move on. From Batman, but was Eartha Kitt who they were, go, who they saw, or was it? Did they go back even further? Because I, I, I'm not a big superhero guy. I, in fact, I loathe it. Um, I've seen, you know, my fair share. Uh, oh, it was Julie Newmar. That's what the chat says. I feel like it was more of a. Well, I, I always thought Eartha Kitt. Yeah, it was Julie Newmar. It back in the day was. Um, well, she had that sexy, raspy voice, and I, I kind of. I enjoyed that. 
in her prime. In her prime. So I mentioned this before. Well, no. It, well, you know what? To clarify, sorry. So Julie Newmar played the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. Then it was Lee Merriweather and mm-hmm. Eartha Kitt. So, Eartha Kitt's yeah. mine is the one that I always thought it was. I'll ask. I'll text my dad see if he answers. Find out if it yeah. was Eartha Kitt because that, that's solid. Uh, now, <laughs> well. My mom, my aunts, all of them were all like, guys. Yeah, get it together. Get it together. Please. Well, it's like. Uh, but it's like a post wedding. So you're already, you know, you've been served. And they're like, oh my God, please come over here. And she did. That's kind of. She, well, she's used to that, right? Oh, for 50 years, 60 years, yeah. That's, yeah. Um, dealing with. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. I would tell you that. Um, the original, I think if you go all the way back, was it her? Was it, well, we're doing too much with this. I want to I say this. So if you guys, I want to apologize to the guys on Twitter because we broke a cardinal rule, and I'm not superstitious at all, but I, you know, I was on a roll this week. I mean, I 7-1, and 8-1, and one, something like that between – the end of the show bets, the college sports book bets, we're putting them all together. I was on a heater. And some folks on Twitter noted it, which is great because I want more people to jump on board the college sports book and have fun, truthfully. So I gave two yesterday, and I often just, I mean, because I tend to, uh, I don't know, pick two to, to five on any given day, uh, today I just have one. But I, uh, you know, if the, if, the, if the action's sparse, then it is. But I, I, I was like, okay, these two, I like these two, feel good about these. But I don't stay up. I don't always stay up. I'm not up at one o'clock in the morning watching a West Coast game. I don't care that much. I mean, I'm going to wake up and find out. So I was telling you that my eyes open, but I never got to the crux of the point, which is to say that I have a very understanding wife, and also this is comical. And it just so happens that it's my anniversary, so happy anniversary to my wife. Uh, we, I, was, I woke up last night, 4 o'clock in the morning, rolled over. She's asleep. I checked my phone to see the time. And as I'm doing so, I decide, uh, oh, well, I'm awake enough to let's look at some scores. And I, I've done that before. And, uh, you know, you either had a very quiet little fist pump or a disappointing sigh or something along those lines. So I looked at the two games that I gave yesterday, and this is where I say you have to have a toughness to you if you're going to be a sporting guy or gal. I lost both by the hook. Both, not one, but both games by a half a point. I call that a double hooker. <laughs> I, had, I gave out Oregon minus 8.5. They won by 8. And then I had a total on the other game. And I was a half point uh, under or over. I, I can't remember what it was. I was a half point off on both. To lose two games and a wager by a collective one, that's tough to do. That's like the Mets losing to the Nationals one oh, to yeah. nothing and being outscored. What was it? Like, so it, they scored two runs for the three-game series. The Nats and, did. The Nats did. And won the series. And they won the series two games <laughs> to one. Yeah. There's only one way that can happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only yeah, one yeah. way. So, so I was laying there when I and I, you know, it's four in the morning. So you're double taking, you're doing the math in your head. You're looking. I was just looking at scores. So I'm like, real quick, 70 and 75, 145, and I'm like doing that very quickly. And I said under my breath, as I was putting the phone back down, something I can't say on the air. I whispered 
MF. And I just, I, I, that's all I said um, to myself. Mary Francis? Oh, Mary Francis. And put the, put the phone down. My wife must have known or seen that I was checking my phone. And this is how you know that, I mean, we've been married a long time and she definitely knows me. I could have been looking at anything. I could have been looking at an email that I forgot, some work I got to do, whatever, you know. She just whispers because she's, she's not facing me. She's looking the other way. She's laying the other way. She goes, lost your wagers? <laughs> And I and I said I did, and then I said by a half point. She doesn't care if it's twenty or, right, or a half yeah. point, but the profound nature of that she doesn't understand. And so then that and she just kind of patted me on the leg and we went back to sleep. So is she a light sleeper? We both are. We're old, Tom. Yeah. Well, let, <laughs> is that let, how it works? This is how it yeah. works, buddy. You'll be welcoming it to the club yeah, soon Jamie enough. Jamie already is. Yeah. Like, and and we have finally we've got the mattress that you could really drop the bowling ball in half mm-hmm. and you wouldn't feel it. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Any little, like, of just a shuffle, and, and she starts moving around. I'm like, oh, man, well, the that's other, tough. Yeah, the other morning I had I was laying there, and I said, because um, my wife got up at, like, 3.50 to go get a glass of water, and she opened the door, and we need to WD-40 the, uh, the little connector, and it infuriated me and uh, because it was like, she was laying, I was like, oh! Come on, man! Lift up on the door. There's a trick to this. You got to pull up on the door, or we can get some WD forty. One more time, please. <laughs> it's so annoying. I'm still frustrated. Jeff Cameron Show ninety three three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Yes. I got one thing for you. Uh, yeah. My dad texted immediately. Oh, uh, so kit. it was no, it was Lee Merriweather, and this is uh, so yeah. Well, there's Lee Merriweather on the uh, on the oh, screen let me on the chat. Let me pull. Okay, okay. That's uh, yeah. For those days, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. it's nineteen sixty six. For those days. Eartha Kitt's the one. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Cameron Show. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. I was reading a story about Joe Burrow and the unlikely path to being the guy that he is now in the Super Bowl. If you think about this, Tom, I know it's a short segment, but in 2015, Joe Burrow was ranked by 247 Sports as the nation's 280th best prospect and 8th best dual threat quarterback. Kyler Murray was number one amongst the dual threat quarterbacks that year. Jarrett Stidham was number two. Uh, yeah, number six was uh, Jawan Jennings. Tennessee turned him into a receiver. Uh, so Burrow was behind some dudes, obviously. And he is from Athens, Ohio, small town, southeastern part of the state. Dad is a coach, all that stuff, right? So he goes to Ohio State, 75 miles away from where he grew up. He redshirts as a freshman. Sophomore, junior season, he backs up J.T. Burnett 
uh, and fourth year junior, as a fourth year junior, he's behind Dwayne Haskins. So frustrated, but already graduated. He says, "I'm a ride. I'm not 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 dealing with this." So. If you think about it, Haskins finished second in the 2018 Heisman Trophy voting. Murray wins the award. Burrow goes to LSU, was considering going to Cincinnati. It came down to a last-second decision. They might have made the playoff earlier. (laughs) He decided to go to LSU. And that first year, we all know, he was good, but nothing special. They went 10-3. and It was uh, They were all right. They did beat Auburn. They did beat Georgia that year. And then eventually they beat Central Florida. Um but he was 65th in passing efficiency. He was uh, well behind the likes of, say, Tua. Nobody was looking at Joe Burrow in any way. Um, he also uh, was well behind like the likes of Jake Fromm and others, at least in terms of perception of what he was going to be. So he chooses to stay in Baton Rouge for a fifth college season, and in doing so, the legend of Joe Burrow is born. I just say that because, look, I know there are outliers, and he is likely one of them, but you're a fifth-year senior who has been a backup for the vast majority of your life. You were considering going to Cincinnati. You were pedestrian in the one year you do get to start, and you end up becoming and having one of the greatest seasons in the history of the sport, and now... You're on the brink of winning a Super Bowl off of a devastating leg injury, a 10-7 and season, and you are widely considered to be now probably, what, a top three quarterback in the league? Not too dissimilar an origin story to a certain guy in New England for all those years. It's crazy, man. Really crazy. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with me.